Are you tired of spinning your wheels with ineffective marketing strategies? Do you dream of finding a way to grow your business while also giving back to your community? Well, have you thought about charitable auctions? Maybe you've tried them in the past and you feel stuck because you're tired of donating to auctions that haven't gone that well. Either the winners never bothered to redeem their gift certificates or the ones who did were so price sensitive that you wished you'd never heard from them in the first place. Or maybe you've wanted to try auction marketing, but you don't know where to start and the thought of a bunch of trial and error makes you want to lay down and take a nap. Well, we've just launched our brand new course, Rework Your Marketing with Charitable Auctions. In this course, you'll gain access to a comprehensive course that has been meticulously crafted over 18 years of our own trial and error in our portrait studio in the trenches of charitable auctions. In this course, we dive deep into the world of charitable auction marketing and uncovering the secrets to our success with this. From setting clear goals to identifying the best charities for your business, we'll show you how to navigate this powerful marketing strategy with confidence. But that's not all. You're also going to receive a treasure trove of exclusive resources, including customizable templates, vendor recommendations, and tracking spreadsheets. Picture this. You donate a portrait session to a local charity auction. Not only does your donation attract the attention of your ideal clients, but it also helps support a cause that you're passionate about. And with the tools and insights provided by this course, you'll be able to turn those auction winners into lifelong clients. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, now is the time to rework your marketing strategy with charitable auctions. Visit our website today, dotherework.com forward slash auctions, and take the first step toward transforming your business and making a difference in your community. Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. You know, this last weekend, it was really strange because I actually left my house. I ran multiple errands and I was in stores, which has been really unusual for me over the last couple of years. That has not happened because of obviously the pandemic. And then I just got so used to having DoorDash delivered and Instacart delivered. And so I haven't really been out much and it was really kind of awesome. And it seemed like I wasn't the only person doing it. There was a lot of people at the Apple store, at Lululemon, all the places that I went on Saturday, there were a lot of people. And it felt like, not just because it's spring, not just because it's becoming summer, but it felt like the world was kind of waking up again. And maybe that was just me. 
But along with this awakening or this coming back to ourselves or finding some kind of a new normal, I also feel that pressure to be busy and that pressure to go, 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 go coming back. I think we're all probably a little bit tired of being cooped up and we want to go. But at the same time, I don't want to forget the lessons that I've learned about slowing down and taking time for the things that are important. So today's guest is Catherine Langsford, one of our faves, and she's back and we're talking about carving out space and basically learning to protect the asset, the asset of our mental energy, which is really the ultimate asset that we have. And I want to read you a quote from one of my favorite books called The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lehrer and Tony Schwartz. And this was written quite a few years ago. But the idea of this book is instead of trying to manage our time, we really need to think about managing our energy. And there's one of my favorite quotes from this book I want to share with you. Periods of recovery are intrinsic to creativity and to intimate connection. Sounds become music in the spaces between notes, just as words are created by the space between letters. It is in the spaces between work that love, friendship, depth, and dimension are nurtured. Without time for recovery, our lives become a blur of doing, unbalanced by much opportunity for being. So Catherine and I are going to have a conversation about some of the things that we have done to carve out space to protect our mental energy and to maybe work a little bit more effectively in some ways that don't really have to do with managing time. They have more to do with managing energy. And I hope that this will inspire you to do the same. Let's do it. Okay. Once again, I am so excited to have my dear friend, Catherine Langsford, here on the Rework Podcast, and we are going to get deep today. Don't we are you, well, we do, but like this is, this is extra special. I feel like this is what we've been talking about. This has been an undercurrent for, I would say, at least the last two to three years with yes. me and I. Okay. 100%, yes. And so the topic is basically protecting the asset. And I think this is actually part of a quote from maybe Greg McEwen's essentialism book about protecting the asset, meaning in our business, when you're a solopreneur or have a very small micro business, the owner, the entrepreneur is the primary asset. And if we go down, it's all going down. That's right. And so how are we, what are we doing to guard our mental and physical energy? And I think the last two to three years that we've all been living through has really proven to be challenging for so many, for everybody. I think everybody in the world has had challenging experiences. And so what are your thoughts about that? Speaking from my own experience, I sort of saw the consequences of not doing this. And that is what drew my attention to this needing attention. (laughs) So for example, I was busy for many years with personal stuff and always wanted to keep my business with a full calendar and as busy as I could be. Someone called and wanted to book in, they got the next available spot. I didn't leave anything open. Sure. And it took me a long while to realize that not leaving anything open means my creativity was suffering. Worst case scenario was that I burned out. I mm-hmm. burned out to the point where I actually thought about not wanting to do this anymore on the worst days. Sure. 
And on the not worst days, burnout looked like, you know, just missing things or forgetting things or not thinking of something that I should have been more aware of or not being able to best serve my clients because I wasn't thinking about them. I was too busy. And so coming out of bad experiences like that, I feel like I have learned to leave myself open time, literally blocking myself open time. One example is taking Mondays and Fridays off. For the last year or more, I've blocked up every Monday and Friday. And uh, so I'm proud of you. When you and I met, you were working every weekend. Yeah, every weekend. And sometimes even all the other days. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody needed something, I just booked them in. Yeah. You have a need and you said the first date out of your mouth and and it was open. Of course, we're absolutely going to do that. Okay. So I think that is interesting about just having that fear of an empty calendar. So we just book every solitary second that can possibly be booked. What's driving that, I feel like, at least from my own, in my own experience, is the fear that you'll never work again. So you have to just take everything and book it as fast as you can and don't let there be any space because then you wouldn't be grateful for the work that you have. Or what else? Forecasting doom and gloom. Yeah, or financial scarcity. Just if I don't take it now, then I might not have another chance. Might not have it again. Might be living in a van. Or if I don't book them now, then they may not want to book later. If I tell them it's going to be four weeks before I can see them, then they may just go somewhere else. Like always different types of fear of scarcity. Right. Also, you and I tend to be just the teeniest bit addicted to being busy. Sure. I don't think we know too much about each other's rate, how we were raised, but I think there's some similar work ethic in there that like, You just need to be going all the time because that's how you build success is that you just work really hard all the time and never take a break. Yeah. Success equals working really, really hard. And if you're in my mind, if I wasn't working hard, maybe that meant I was lazy or I wasn't doing a good enough job or I wasn't, that would even trickle down to my family. Like I'm not a good mother. If I'm not, yeah you know, working as hard as I possibly can. They're like, slacker. You know, taking an afternoon off is just like ridiculous. Why would I do that? Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. And so, and now we've been through this, like this great pause that happened during the pandemic and then crawling out of that. And I think there's a lot of that lingering, but what I definitely see in the world and in myself is the realization that, wow, time is going by so quickly. And that when crazy things happen, as has have happened in your life and my own, for example, somebody in your family has like, you know, my brother-in-law had a heart attack and ended up in the hospital and my sister had to do CPR on him. And it was very super, super scary. And they had to put him in a medically induced coma. And this was like the second week in October in 2019. And I just cleared my calendar. I mean, I was fully booked. I had sessions. I had viewing orders that whole week. And I just said, I'm not coming. <laughs> like, Figure it out, reschedule. Yeah. But I'm going to be sitting in the hospital with my sister. And when I look back at that, and even not even looking back, but during that time, it all worked out fine. My clients didn't run away from me and say, I'm never working with her again. How dare she reschedule me? They completely understood because I have awesome clients. And that space was able to be made. Yeah. You've had similar experiences with things that you've needed to take care of. I think we've talked about that in a previous episode. So So when it has to happen. Yeah. 
We can make it happen. We can make it happen, but we won't do it for ourselves. Right. And when we don't, then it's like what you're saying. When we don't make time, when we don't create space, and my sister and I talked about this, Caroline, and I've talked about this a lot too, is I'm like, okay, when you have every hour of every day scheduled, we all know what happens when the computer packs up or requires an update that takes 45 minutes to do, or somebody calls from your kid's school and you got to run, get them. Like you have no room to breathe Yeah, when you're just packing it full of client after client after client or whatever. And so can we put in time to breathe? And so you have made a concerted effort of doing that. You're taking Mondays and Fridays off and Saturdays. Learning the hard way. Right. Of course. I had had to hit a mental health rock bottom. Yeah. Is there any, uh, like, is there another way to learn that I'm unaware of? Right. So I had to, had to learn the hard way, but the lesson was so successful that I've kept it up. There's been a lot of times I could have filled up that week. There's been Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, I've just come out of a period that was like really, really busy and jam packed, but I didn't fill up the week. I just kept pushing it out and pushing it out. And therefore I feel like my mental health did really well through a really busy time. It's not only mental health, it's the ability to think about what my clients need, think about being creative and maybe creating something new. Like as artists, you know, we can't do the same thing year in, year out. We need to mix it up and make things different. And yeah, uh, to stay it, interested in, in what we're doing and not want to yeah. quit. Yeah. So I was able to do that. And able to just, you know, deal with other problems that came up without them throwing me into complete crisis because I was running on empty. I feel like I have not been running on empty. But it has taken planning and work to have my calendar look like that. It's not natural. No, planning and work. And then we just, before that we got on this podcast, you and I have just spent the last two hours looking at my particular studio calendar and having, and you talking me off the ledge of like, you cannot work that much. You have got to start putting some space in there for which I totally appreciate. So what I wanted to do is as we're having this podcast, I wanted to give our listeners some action items because it's really easy to just say, here's all the horrible things. And you should, you know, if you don't do it and you should for yourself. Yeah. Right. Don't self-care. Put your own oxygen mask on first. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, and, and the whole self-care, you know, and everybody's like laying in a bath with the candle. It's like, what if you don't like to take a bath? And what yeah. if you don't care about candles? Right. And what if you have a husband who's like allergic to all scented things and won't let you have them, Ivan Jones? Those How about that? are just background noise after a while. They're just overused terms that right. I ignored. The best self-care, I believe, is having some kind of mental space to be able to even think, even just to do nothing. Like my favorite thing in the whole world is just to do nothing or read a book or have the option to do any of those said things. So fill in the blank of what you think of as self-care, but the things that you and I have both done and that I want to share with them is one of the things I want to talk about is calendaring. So what I realized pretty early on is that there are certain times of day that I'm really good. So like morning, especially if I hit the gym early, exercising in the morning gives me actually an extra three hours a day. So in the mornings that I will go and like work out at 6 a.m., 6 to 7, that 7 to 10 is like gold. All the blood is flowing through my brain and I get my best ideas. And that is just a really good time for me. So I don't want that to be a time where I'm answering emails or looking at emails, or on social media, or anything that doesn't require a lot of thought. That's the time 
when I need to be doing something that's really going to move my business forward. So a marketing initiative, writing scripts for texts or emails that are going to go out to clients or working through something that requires a lot of focus and a lot of mental energy. That is seven to 10 AM for me. So what I started doing is I quit booking earlier appointments with clients because I needed that time to really be able to forecast and run the business. That's the time that I would do that. Yeah. And then maybe at noon or maybe after lunch, you know, maybe three o'clock between client appointments or whatever, then I'll check my email or go on social media or whatever. That's just stuff that is kind of brainless because I can't remember who said it, but somebody said like, basically your email inbox is just everybody else's agenda. And so I can attend to everybody else's agenda later in the day. So that's something that's really, really helpful. And as I'm training my employees, I tell them, do not check your email before noon. Get in, get your day planned, get your agenda going of what you know needs to get done to move things forward in the studio. And then about noon, check the email and see there are things that you need to be worried about. Yeah, that's smart. What do you have? What's your tip? One thing that I've just started doing is it sounds really simple, but I never did it. So after each session, I go ahead and book production time for that session, meaning all my going through culling and maybe putting the walls together for the view and order, Mm -hmm. as well as blocking off the view and order for that session. So instead of the calendar just filling itself up with appointments and then me realizing, oh my gosh, I have no time to get ready for this view and order. Mm -hmm. I've got the production time blocked in there. And it just allows me to not have things feel hectic. Things will creep up on me. I've got it, you know, if I, if I'm shooting three families this week, then my next block of production time has their names on it. I found that to be helpful. Mm -hmm. That's funny that you said that about feeling like your brain works best first thing in the morning. I'll have to think about that. But I find that I often have phone calls with you in the car, but if Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to you in the car, I do well on the phone when I'm in the car. Like Mm -hmm. in the office, I feel like there's a finite amount of time in the office where I have all my resources in front of me and And Mm -hmm. so I like to be doing things that have to be in the office here. If it's Mm -hmm. a call, it can be anywhere. And I've got a 45 minute drive home. So I would much rather be doing that in the car. So I don't need to waste my desk time that way. So, I mean, these are things I've had to sort of figure out as I wanted to stay to a three day week. Obviously I was a bit more lax when I was here for five days. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me stop you right there. What do you mean by that? I didn't really consider like, okay, I only have a certain amount of hours at this desk. So I need to like do all my desk things here. And then all the other things I can do on the way home or mm-hmm. you know, before I get in or whatever. But I, I think more that way now because I'm very committed to the three days. I mean, there's been busy periods where it really feels like, oh man, I could really easily work five days, but I'm really creative in my ways of trying to find a way to make it be able to stay to three days because that helps my brain to be off for four days. I mean, I have obviously family errands and things like that. Today, right. But you still have I, a young child at home. And, yeah, I do. Yeah. My family needs me. I'm still right in there, but it gives me more space. And in that space come good ideas. Like that's, yep. that's how good ideas come when you've got nothing going on. That you're able to just kind of sit and ponder. Yeah, it's like in the shower, you know, you always think of like your best ideas in the shower or when you're driving. But I think that's really interesting. So calendaring, but then also paying attention to time of day as far as like what your energy is like and also places like what can you only do at work? Right. You know, at at the studio, at your studio or at your computer. And then are there other things that can be done during other times? And so 
I think it's interesting too, like, okay, we're, we're saying you're packing all this stuff in there. So this might be counterintuitive to what we're actually talking about. Like, okay, well, she's just talking about, okay, taking all your client calls while you're on your drive home. But that's the reason why you're doing and packing all this and trying to make this efficient is because you want to be able to keep that three-day work. We can have that four-day weekend, Friday, yeah, Saturday, and not, Sunday. And not Monday. spread work out to those, not spread work out. Right. When I'm planning things out that I need to do at my desk, I also try and apply the same logic as I do with booking my clients, which is, do I really have to do that right now? Can I put that off? Can I schedule that for next week or the week after? So for example, if it's something like we have a a tax rebate right now and you can like collect all, it's like a bookkeeping thing that has to Mm -hmm. be, but you know, the deadline isn't now. So I'm going to block it for three weeks from now so that I can be able to work around it and not have to jam it into a week where it really doesn't fit. And again, maybe this is logical for other people, but it took me a long time. To it's not. Out. I don't have to do everything right now. No, we're all creative. Can, and yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're all like borderline ADD and if not fully blown and it's like distracted by everything, you know, and like what's easy and the shiny thing. The other thing I think too, that that made me think of is having the same types of activities. So I'm always blocking off. Okay, let's just do all the view and the, all my sales appointments on the same day. So I'm like, in a cute outfit, reasonably groomed. I'm doing the same kind of thing. And then that way I can have the stack of folders and the clients can come in and I'm doing the same type of activity. When on the odd times that this has to happen, where I'm doing like a shoot in the morning and then I'm going into a sales appointment, that is not a good thing because it's it's very disjointed. Usually you can't like be dressed as cute when you're shooting because you've got to be able to like be on the floor and up and down and And that really takes me out of my flow. Whereas if I have like shoots back to back to back to back, that's great because again, the same types of activity. So that's another thing to think about. And especially when you're new starting out or you're scheduling your own appointments, it's easy to have the client's urgency. Like, well, I have to have Thursday at noon on this date. And you're like, well, that's a sales day for me. Well, that doesn't mean you have to schedule them. Like you can... They're not going to hate your guts and they're not going to go away. How many times have you called a doctor or an attorney or some other professional and tried yeah. to get in? And they're like, we're three weeks out. It's like, yeah. that's just what it is. Yeah. The next time I have a Thursday is, you know, the middle of next month. Let's put you right. on Thursday. You know, I think we all could say that we would like more really great qualified leads. But what happens when we get contacted by a potential new client? We sometimes have that pit in our stomach of, oh, it's not a good time right now. I don't want to call them. What if they ask me hard questions? Oh, I don't really know that I have the words to say. And we put it off until we call and they've already booked somebody else. Or maybe we don't ever call or we're just letting things fall through the cracks. So if you ever find yourself in this type of situation and you feel like, I just don't know the words to say, or I don't know how to talk to these people, or am I doing it wrong? I have a solution for all three of those things. If you go to dotherework.com, we have three different free resources for you. One is our ultimate client consultation guide that is going to help you step-by-step walk that prospective client through your process, how it is that you work. It has all the little speed bumps, so to speak, along the way to help you remember to say all the things that you need to say. Next is our cheat sheet of frequently asked difficult questions. 
that has an exhaustive list of all the hard questions that clients come up with that will help you get started on answering those confidently so that you don't have that feeling in the pit of your stomach anymore. And you're going to pick up that phone immediately. And lastly is our sales sabotage evaluation tool. And that is going to help you to figure out where you are screwing it up because we all do at one time or another. So go to do the rework.com. And wherever you're at in your business, if you're needing to rework your message, if you're needing to rework your answers, if you're needing to rework your sales process, they are all right there on that very first page. They are free. They are resources to help you in your business. Go do it. Download them now and start doing better. Start booking those clients confidently and start selling them your gorgeous, beautiful work because they need it. I have to underline what you just said because. For many years, I would just have this unexplained feeling of irritability when I had a shoot and a meeting on the same day. Mm -hmm. And I honestly didn't even really look closely at it. And I didn't even consider that I don't have to do that. Right. (laughs) You know, and then maybe through us talking, or I'm not sure what actually put that together for me, but I have made the same change that you have. I shoot all on one day. I do view and orders all on one day. I have production all on one day. I find the same with production. I don't like to break up my production. I like to just sit at the computer and mow through all the coloring and the wall designs and do all that at the same time. So it's really interesting how much better that feels to just have your brain on one track Mm -hmm. and having it pulled out, pulled out. I mean, further to that, sometimes with my staff, if I have a newer staff that might have a lot of questions and need a lot of things, I sometimes tell them, let's meet for two, for an hour at two o'clock this afternoon. You can ask me all your questions Yep. rather than like 25. Where's this? How do I do that? Can you remind me how to do this? Like it's just disjointed, you know, yep. like it takes your brain out of, so it's much more efficient. Well, and it's just, again, it's managing, it's that protecting the asset and managing your mental energy. So when you go to low energy, so I think for most people that would probably be like after lunch, afternoon, you know, maybe you're getting like two between two or 3 PM. Are there things that you find helpful to do during that time? I'm definitely okay with production stuff at that time. Mm -hmm. I find it kind of relaxing to do Mm -hmm. that. Currently I'm doing a lot of the, uh, I don't have a studio manager right now. So I'm doing Mm -hmm. a lot of the physical, like unpacking things and stuff. Mm -hmm. I might do that. Yes. Like something physical. Yep. Agreed. But in general, and I don't mind doing, I mean, on a client meeting day, like I'm fine doing that all day. But if mm-hmm. I'm like segmenting my production day, I might, I don't know. I got to think about that. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think for me, it's physical things like moving stuff around, maybe tidying up the studio or rearranging. Like if, if I feel like I'm, cause sometimes you just have those days where you're just feeling really low energy and you have stuff that you have got to get done, <laughs> you know? So sometimes getting up and just changing, like go move some stuff around or go open a couple of orders or whatever. And then that brings you back. You can just getting up. Cause I think we can sit so long, especially if those listeners who are basically the only person who's wearing all the hats, who's doing all the shooting and the culling and the retouching. I mean, you can end up in a in a chair for a really long period of time. So I think that that getting up is really, really helpful. Doing a downward dog, do a little yoga in your shooting area. If you can, that's always a good thing. Okay. What else? I think something really important is to be aware of negative cycles of thought that take away from 
me being able to use my mind to its highest good or its highest purpose. So that's, that's a long game in terms of retraining yourself. But for example, if I, anything, like maybe something happened with a client and it's kind of negative and I'm like resentful or I'm going over the conversation in my head or I'm wishing I said something different or I'm planning what I'm going to like, just all that is just so useless. Things like that, when they do happen, I feel like when I'm at my best handling it, I sort of figure out how I'm going to handle it. Maybe with someone's help, like you. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I figure out how I'm going to handle it. I make a plan for how that's going to be done. Like make a phone appointment with her or whatever. Mm -hmm. I handle it and I move on. That's the best, but it doesn't always go that way. And sometimes there's like a month before I handle it. Yeah. And then it's just been hanging over you. It is occupying space. Ruminating. It is occupying valuable space that could be used for so many other things. So there's other things there too, like worrying about money, worrying about things that I don't have control over, like lots of negative type thoughts that can, that I think all of us have sometimes, but the more I've become aware of them and able to shift myself back to what's useful, I realize like there's a lot of hours spent in my head there that I could have used for something else. Right. But I think that that's just, I think the term neurotic applies, you know, like I'm definitely neurotic. I overthink way too many things. But I also think that's what makes me who I am, that I overthink way too many things. And, you know, that's great too, right? And as creatives, we're more sensitive. There's a lot of things that hit our radar that may not hit other people's radars. But I think as human beings, definitely when we're exposed to upsetting things, fearful things, things outside of our control, all of which we've just had a lot of that and continue to have those sorts of things, that it does take up space in our mind and it can sap our energy. And we can't all live in a Pollyanna world of like, oh, everything's just going to be great. I'm just going to say my affirmations and everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. So how are you getting past that? Like when you're war in foreign countries, scary things, like how are you not letting that take up space inside your head or how are you mitigating that? I really try to ask myself, is this something I can do anything about? And if it is, let me figure out what it is that I can do about that and do it swiftly? Mm -hmm. Or is this something that I don't have any control over? And if it is, I need to let it go. That's kind of a mental exercise that's a lot easier in some cases than it is in others. But yeah, sticking to work issues, there are times that there is something I can do. Mm -hmm. Maybe I just didn't want to, or maybe whatever, there's a reason I'm not doing it. So just getting to like, yeah, I have a choice here. I can do something. Am I going to do it? Or am I not going to do it? Yes. Do I need help doing it? Do I need advice about how to do it? Okay. I now have collected all the information about what I need to do and how to do it. So now it's time to do it. Okay, great. So those are, as a solo entrepreneur in a small business, it's like we have difficult situations throughout the life of our business, like things Mm -hmm. that we don't want to deal with or don't want to face. And it's just the way it is. But if we can learn how to strip away the excess negativity that we attach to it, yes, be more efficient with the way we use our brain, when we apply our brain to those situations. And usually I I found that for me, that comes down to like a sentence. For me, that's, that is usually solved by words. You know, that you find that shocking, but, and you and I've done this many times and Caroline, my sister and I do this too is that when something comes up that feels like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about this? 
it can feel all encompassing, but when you can just stop and say, okay, what do I want to have happen? And how am I going to move forward? I just need a mantra. Give me some words. And it's like one or two sentences max as we move forward, you know, whether it's like a something that's kind of fraught with a client or a vendor or whatever, you know, you're able to move forward and nothing will sap your energy more than delaying the inevitable. Right. Because then you're just spinning and twisting and it keeps you replaying it in your mind 55 times rather than just like, just deal with it. I have a little poster on my bulletin board that says end dreading by doing. And I've found that that helps me a lot because I can really get caught up in that overthinking and like, okay, well, why did they say it that way? And how am I going to handle this or whatever, rather than just get on the phone and handle it, yeah, figure it out. So that's one way to protect your mental energy. Okay. So we've got time blocking, doing like activities on the same days or at the same time of day, figuring out what days, what times of day we have our best energy and doing anything that requires like a lot, something that's really important about moving your business forward or a lot of focus, doing that at the time when you're your most alert and your most creative. And then at times of day where you're kind of more low, maybe that becomes more of a physical thing. I tend to schedule, like to schedule installations in the afternoon because I generally will do those all in a day, but that's something that I find that if I've done like a Q and a or something like that, or like a bunch of podcasts recording in the morning, I'm wrecked. I can't really do anything in the afternoon. So I'll go and do install, you know, go and yeah. install with my installer. So that works out great, but I couldn't necessarily go into like a sales appointment or something after that. So anyway, and then I have a note here. The other thing that I wanted to kind of close out with is that there's this concept of forcing versus cultivating having success in our lives. So I feel like that many times I've gotten caught up in, I'm going to force success. I'm going to like, I'm sure there's a way to do this and I'm just going to go do all these things, or I'm going to just schedule myself so busy, or it just seemed felt like very hard and very forced. Right. Only word that I can think of it. Right. Versus this cultivating this idea of cultivation, which is what I think you're doing is having space in your schedule to allow serendipity, allow creative thoughts, allow creative things to happen. And that builds energy for me versus this tight grip forcing something. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like creating the environment where your perfect business idea lives, the best way to provide service and and the best way to create beautiful products is all owned and perfect. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I like that idea. Well, and I love that concept of fostering environment. So I'm always saying, well, can we create an environment in which large sales can happen? And so how do you do that? What does that environment look like? Right. But also this, can we create an environment in our business to where there's time for creativity? There's room to cultivate creativity. And then all of those other things as well. So the E-Myth book by Michael Gerber, where he's talking about, you know, you have to have time to work on your business, not just work in the business. And so if we're constantly just in it, making the donuts day after day, but we don't have time to pull out and kind of actually work on it. And that's what I like to do in that like early morning when I have my best energy is to work on the business. And then as I get tired, (laughs) then I can actually do the work that's in the business because you and I both been doing this for a long time. We've reached a level of mastery. So it becomes easy to do it during that time. But if we've cultivated versus forced, 
in those off times and had enough time to maybe go to a museum, see something new, or just had time off to watch a movie and see some beautiful lighting or just think about something in a new way. It just feeds the creativity. And so we are your teachers today and we're giving you your permission slip, dear listeners, to schedule yourself less, to schedule some open space so that you can take the time to cultivate creativity, cultivate success, cultivate more energy for yourself and less fear. Yeah, I I think there's one more point to add to that. And that is delegation. Just thinking about, I mean, you and I talk about this a lot. Mm. And, And the busier, when we're in our really busy times, it's, Again, we've got our back against the wall. We're like, you know, we're hitting another rock bottom. And it's like, how can I take myself out enough to do what I need to make space for? So, for example, when we talked about what are the things that don't require me being at my desk? Mm -hmm. It's like another level of that. What are the things that actually don't require me that I could pass on? I could... Mm-hmm. Oh, have, pay someone for an afternoon to, to unpack these boxes and take them out to the recycling. Right. <laughs> so that I could, and always, you know, I do a little equation in my head, like, hmm, I'd have to pay someone this much to do that. Is it worth it to me to have that time? And it almost always is. Yeah. So, you know, the busier we get, the more we can creatively, I mean, there's obvious forms of delegation, which is hiring full-time staff and like giving them everything you can possibly give them. But then there's There's other things like you've talked about before, like delegating, cleaning your house, delegating grocery delivery. Yeah. Just to take, you know, there's a finite amount of minutes in every day. And if you're going to choose how you spend part of that day and have that part of that day, having an open space where you don't need to do anything, then if you really look at what you're doing during that day, you could probably get rid of some of those things, either not do them anymore Mm -hmm. or give them to somebody else. Give them to someone in your family, give them to someone on your staff, even the periods where I have had more staff here and they've had a certain task list. I needed to always be creative about like, maybe I could give them this too. Maybe I could get them to do that for me because we, we don't always have that in our mind. We have in our mind, this person is a photo editor. They write photos and we don't necessarily have in mind all these other things that are, that I'm doing that don't require my brain. My brain is best used to be creative, to consider marketing, to consider the needs of my clients. Like I have certain areas that I know I'm really good at. And the other areas are kind of a waste of my time. Not saying I'm better than that, but saying someone else could do this a lot faster. Right. I was telling you about the Excel spreadsheet. Like, honestly, I'd have to watch YouTube videos. Like I'm just not, I, I would take four hours to do an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. But somebody else could whip that up. So I guess what I'm saying is constantly evaluating, does my time need to be spent doing these things? Right. There's just so many more things that are required of us in a day than any human being can possibly do. And I think when we get ultimately, you know, not to be morbid, like, but when we get to the end of our life, we're going to look back and we're going to think nobody's going to say, oh, I should have just edited one more picture or I should have swept the studio one more time or whatever. You're just going to think, did I use my time to the best of my ability? And do I feel like I gave my best contribution? And I feel like when we are living that way, even I would say 30% of the time, because that's probably, I would say maybe 
if you were like the most effective person on the planet, maybe you're doing that 40% of the time. Uh, Even 30 is good. It's really good. But when you feel like you're just buried and can't get anything done, it feeds into all of those things. But just like you and I were speaking before we got on the podcast, we do it to ourselves. You know, we look at this schedule. If you own your own business, you own your own portrait studio, and you look at that schedule and you're mad about it, we did it to ourselves. So if we did it, we can undo it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Okay. Well, your goal now, if you're listening to this, is to look at your calendar with a very sharp eye and see where can you carve out space? Where can you put in some open space for creativity and thought and focus on the things that really mean something to you? And how can you protect that asset, which is your mental energy? That is the most important asset that you have in your business. And really actually in your life is your mental energy that you're able to bring your unique abilities and gifts and talents to the world. And you can't do that if you're in fear, if you're burnout, if you're broken down. So I hope that you've got a few ideas. These are some of the things that we talk about a lot that we come back to again and again. And as we come up with new ones, we will share them with you. Anything you want to add before we go, Catherine? No, you're great. See, that's how we know we're friends. We're like, you're, you're just amazing. There's the nothing- only thing I have to add is how great you are. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you adding that little tidbit at the end. You're the best. See you later. Bye. Bye. Have I told you lately how much I appreciate you being here? I know that you have so many demands on your time and so many demands on your attention. You could be watching Netflix. You could be listening to a true crime podcast. But you've spent time here at The Rework learning to make your portrait business better. And that really means a lot to me. If there's somebody that you feel like could benefit from this episode, that you could help them and help us spread the word in helping other portrait photographers build better businesses, please go to where you're listening to this episode and hit that share button and share it with them. And if you have time and can give us a review, you don't even understand how much that means to a little tiny podcast like ours to see those reviews and see how we're helping. And if you have another minute and can send me a DM and let us know what you would like to hear in the future, what you really enjoyed hearing about, maybe things that weren't that great, how we can do better. We always want to do better and we always want to support the portrait photography industry and helping you build the best businesses ever. Thanks again so much for being here. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework. 